At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Ghost Ghost Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Spears, and now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you today, as in the second segment, we're going to be joined by Carter Elliott. He does a great job over there at Sleepers Media, and on top of that, he does a podcast called Unscripted with another one of our good friends over there at Sleepers Media, Greg Waddell, also does some work over there at the Field of 68, and you're able to catch that podcast wherever you hear this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, list goes on and on, but good to be chatting with him in the second segment about how the Big Ten has really been falling behind a little bit with regards to Transfer Portal and specifically Michigan State. Who they sold out to try to get Micah Parrish, who was like the number four scorer on Oakland within the state, and they lost out to San Diego State, so that's a little bit of a calamity right there. We're also going to be talking about some of the bigger name transfers that have come off the board, some of the guys that are still remaining, and then we wound up seeing a coaching firing on Cinco de Drinco as you wound up seeing Don Licklider get fired from Evansville, and apparently they're pursuing Tom Crean, so we're going to be laughing at Evansville thinking that Tom Crean is going to be able to turn things around because Tom Crean for the last 20 years has ridden the coattails of Dwayne Wade and done nothing else. So we're going to have a great chat there and some good quality laughs and then in the final segment we're going to be taking a look at everything that we wound up getting in the transfer portal with regards to news and notes of college basketball from Thursday and if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Did not wind up getting any Twitter questions today, but I can tell you right now, I already had the chat with Mr. Carter Elliott, a man that is from a D3 university, much like myself. We like those guys on this podcast, and it's terrific. So we're going to be having that next for you guys right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eve Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. 
In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back here in Bellevue, Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eve Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And it is great to be joined by our guests as we head out there to the great state of Michigan, and that's where we find Cutter Elliott. 
He's doing a great job over there as one half of Sleepers Media. He and Greg Waddell doing a great job of holding it down there. They do the unscripted podcast. Both of these men do a terrific job with the field of 68. And Carter, much like myself, he is a proud D3 alum. He wanted going to Albion College, a very fine D3 institution, much like the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. So we like these guys on this podcast. And to be able to follow Carter on Twitter, that is at Carter Elliott and then an underscore after that. And Carter, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate you, Greg. Always, always excited to get on and talk hoops with you and always appreciate the D3 love as well because we need more of it in this world. Oh, I am right there with you. I mean, <laughs> UW Oshkosh versus Albion in the final four. Let's get that thing hooked up. I would be all aboard that. And oh. I'm not sure what they would be setting the betting line, but I'm sure that that would be a very tight line right there. But with that said, Carter, it certainly has been a very fascinating offseason, especially out there in the Big Ten. And I know that you're a guy that you follow Michigan State. Just how strange has it been taking a look at their offseason? Because year in and year out, we notice that Tom Izzo does a great job with regards to being able to coach up his team, getting his team to fire on all cylinders when it comes to the back half of the season. I just take a look at what schools like Michigan State and others have done out there in the Big Ten and not really embracing the transfer portal. And I feel like that has led to a lot of the Big Ten struggles when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Now, to the credit of a few schools like Ohio State, even Minnesota, they have been utilizing the portal a little bit more in recent weeks. But I feel like the Big Ten as a conference has been lagging behind because a lot of these schools, they just haven't embraced the portal and utilized it as the tool that it is, much like the... SEC and the Big 12 have to be able to ascend? Yeah, it really is a strange situation. And then speaking to Michigan State specifically, I thought that the transfer portal would be used kind of as a fallback to Tom Izzo's typical recruiting kind of cycle. The way Tom Izzo usually recruits and his staff recruits is they hone in on two or three guys usually. I would say no more than three guys. And they go all in on those guys. And, you know, Tom has a great way of connecting with kids and getting them to come to school. But, you know, sometimes when you miss out on those recruits, you know, you end up having open spots. You end up having open scholarships on the team. And I feel as though in today's day and age, you can use the transfer portal to your advantage where you can fill scholarships and you can fill holes on your roster that maybe necessarily you weren't able to fill out of the high school recruiting ranks. And you can get a guy in some cases that has already played at a power five school, has already contributed at a power five school or a guy at a lower level school who's looking to move up in competition. There's really endless possibilities with being able to use the transfer portal. And a school like Michigan State, I feel like, shouldn't have any trouble in the transfer portal. I mean, it's a great school with a great basketball history and one of the greatest coaches in college basketball, Tom Izzo. So it's just a little baffling to me that we're not able to kind of use the transfer portal and use it to our advantage. Yeah, and it was really strange because for the longest time, Michigan State had one transfer portal sort of target in Micah Parrish, and they wind up losing out on him to San Diego State, which I tried to take a look at the recruiting landscape and everything like that, and that just should not be happening in my opinion. So just a odd situation because if you know about Oakland, which is where Micah Parrish was playing at, that's in the state of Michigan. So I have no idea what was going on there, but certainly has been a little bit of a strange state of affairs out there for the Big Ten. And when you just take a look at the landscape of college basketball, there are still a lot of really good transfers out there, but we've seen quite a few of the big names wind up coming off the board in recent weeks. Baylor Shireman going to Creighton, I think is an absolutely massive one. I still think that number one has to be Kendrick Davis and him going over there to Memphis. But with that said, I take a look at all that we've seen thus far in the 
the transfer portal. No question, Memphis, one of those big winners. Creighton, one of those big winners, even though they've only gotten one or two guys. But is there a few schools that really stand out to you and maybe they're not getting the love that, say, a Creighton is getting for the moves that they've been making this offseason? Well, I mean, I think one is, I know they're getting a lot of credit, but I absolutely love what Mark Adams has done in the portal with the addition of Fardaws and the addition of Davion Harmon as well. I think they're doing an excellent job in the portal and they have been able to do an excellent job in the portal these past couple of years. Another one that I want to give credit to is Golden down in Florida. I think he's doing a great job getting some pieces, creating a team that will be able to compete in the SEC and also a new coach in the SEC I think is doing well as Coach McMahon at LSU. I think he's done a great job getting the two best players from LSU. And I also think he's doing a good job of bouncing back from basically losing all of the former players that were on the team before that entered the transfer portal. I think he's done a great job of being able to fill in those gaps as well. So, I mean, you know, everyone is using the transfer portal right now, except for Michigan State, that is. But it seems like everyone is using the transfer portal in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, I personally am an advocate of, you know, NIL, transfer portal, what it's doing for college basketball. I've always been an advocate of the players being the main focus point and them getting their due. So I'm happy with the landscape. I know some people aren't because maybe not the old school way, but I've personally enjoyed the transfer portal and NIL and everything that's unfolded with it. It has been so interesting to take a look at everything that's been going on as so Nigel Pack wound up getting the pack. So that wound up rubbing a couple people the wrong way. I do think that these guys should be getting some money. I think that perhaps we should have the Clown Shoes organization known as the NCAA maybe <laughs> wind up being able to help make this a little bit more clear as to what's going on. That would be very, very helpful. But with that said, guys are getting paid. It certainly is going to be here to say. And I think the biggest thing is being able to just know what's going on a little bit more. As we do have Carter Elliott joining me on the podcast. Does a terrific job over there at Sleepers Media. And when we take a look at the big-time transfers, no doubt, we did wind up seeing some of the big ones come off the board, like I was mentioning, but you still take a look at a few of these other guys, and you do have some big names out there, like a Kenny Lofton, who we all remember what he was able to do in that event, the 19U like World Championships, and he absolutely lit it up, went to Louisiana Tech, was a double-double machine. He is someone that is still out there. A lot of teams wind up having him targeted. I have to take a look at Oshun Oshuni if he decides that he wants to come back to school. That is going to be a massive one. Pat Baldwin Jr. wound up having the biggest Buster Roonies of a year that I've ever seen, and I'm still pretty convinced that he's going to stay out there in the NBA draft, but he's someone that wanted putting his name into the portal as well, and I still think that there's a lot of guys that can make a big impact. They're out there in the portal, especially these guys that are sort of on the fence of whether or not to go into the NBA draft or to wind up coming back to school, but I do take a look at the landscape, and I really think that when it comes down to it, we're seeing more impact big men. They're currently out there rather than guards like a Kenny Lofton Jr. I think if he winds up going to the right place, can really make an impact for a school. Yeah, definitely. I think especially just looking back on last year, all the transfer hype was around the point guards. Transfer point guards, you had Remy Martin, Tyson Walker, Marcus Carr at Texas, just name a few. And, you know, all in all, the transfer portal point guards didn't do all too well. Remy Martin, of course, had his moments in that championship game, but his season was a roller coaster to say the least. Tyson Walker had trouble adjusting. Marcus Carr had trouble adjusting. It is hard to be a transfer portal point guard, I think is what we've seen in the landscape of college basketball. So you got to be able to, I think, dip into the big man as well. You don't want to forget about the big man. I'm a big man myself. I mean, speaking for the Big Ten specifically, I want Michigan State to add a big because we got to go against guys like Hunter Dickinson who are now coming back to Michigan because of stuff like NIL. And then you have to go against the likes of Zach Eady as well at Purdue. So 
the big men aren't dying in college basketball. Oscar Shibway is coming back this year for Kentucky. So you're going to have someone down low to deal with those guys because you're going to run into them eventually, probably uh, late in the NCAA tournament when those teams are making a run. And to your point, I think that there's really two guards of impact that are out there on the transfer portal, no doubt. There's more than two guys that are out there in the transfer portal that could do something. But I take a look at Grant Shurfield at Nevada, someone who was able to put up 15-plus points per game, someone who's able to dole the ball a little bit, someone who's able to pop threes. That's a big one. Then Antoine Davis, a guy that over the last three years has averaged 22-plus points per game in every single year at Detroit, just seemingly puts the team on his back. But I think that when it comes to both of these guys, if they wind up finding the right fit, they're going to be absolutely tremendous. But I feel like the big reason why Marcus Carr, for instance, wound up being a little bit of a buster you, I would sort of put him in the same vein as both of these guys. Marcus Carr, while he was at Minnesota, and to a lesser extent while he was at Pittsburgh, was a very ball-dominant player. The offense mm-hmm. had run through him. No question that's certainly the case with Davis, to a little bit of a lesser extent. Sure, field, though, he wound up having a little bit of help with Desmond Cambridge. But if those guys are able to find the right fit, I think that they could be massive gets. But if they wind up going to more of a team style, a defense-oriented place, like Marcus Carr did at Texas, it could wind up being one of those fits like we wound up seeing last year with Carr where it just doesn't wind up working out. And those are the guys I'm really intrigued to see where they wind up going because I feel like it could be a big boomer bust for both of them. Yeah, especially Sherfield. I mean, you named two guys there who put up stats. Antoine Davis plays at the University of Detroit, which is right kind of in my neighborhood. So I've seen him play personally down in Callahan Hall in Detroit. And he's as advertised when it comes to filling it up. And it's not just against Horizon League opponents either. You look back at the Power 5 schools that he played last year, he showed up every single time. And he was able to get his buckets. And he's a really good player. Um, I think he's underrated in other parts of his game as well. I mean, the scoring is so prolific, ranking top five in the country these last couple of years. So he does a lot of things on the basketball court. Grant Sherfield as well was able to fill up the stat sheet in the Mountain West, which is very impressive. One guy that I'm kind of high on, and I'd love to hear what you have to say about him, because I feel like I'm by myself when I kind of put on a cape for this guy. But I still truly believe that if Imani Bates can make the correct move with the correct coaching and the correct system around him, I believe that there is a good basketball player there. I, I, I truly think there was. I think the situation at Memphis was awful. It was a train wreck. It went absolutely the worst it could possibly go. But I feel like his next move has to be his best move. And I truly think that someone can really hone that natural talent that he has. And I think he can make an impact for a team and winning basketball too, that is. Imani Bates wound up going up to the college level a year early. So he technically should be a freshman this season. I feel like a lot of people lose sight of that. And he was the number one player in his class. And some people thought that he was like a top five recruit of this entire decade or just the last 10 years, because obviously the 2020 decade, well, it's only been going for like three years at this point, but I do take a look at Amani Bates. And I am with you. Maybe he's not the number one guy that we want to take a look at a few years ago, but I think that if he does wind up going to the right situation and he has whittled it down, I'd be a little bit surprised if he winds up going to Eastern Michigan. And well, if he winds up going to Eastern Michigan, hopefully he doesn't wind up doing a Pat Baldwin Jr. where he winds up putting up like 13 points on 27% three-point shooting because that would just be embarrassing. But I do take a look at Abani Bates and I need six foot eight, six foot nine-ish, is able to guard multiple positions. He's a relatively solid shooter. To your point, you can tell that the blend over there at Memphis just was not correct for him. And we've seen it with a few guys at Memphis. Now I think that they've got it with Kendrick Davis. I feel like that was a great fit and one of the best portal moves that we've seen this offseason. But I'm with you. I do think that Amani Bates can be a big impact guy. And I think what is so key when it comes to transfers is something that we've been talking about a lot the last few minutes. 
the fit itself, because I mentioned it with Grant Shurfield. If he winds up getting the right fit, it's going to be tremendous. If he gets a wrong fit, it could be Marcus Carr 2.0 for him. I feel the same way for Amani Bates. If they want Amani Bates to be like an eight-point-per-game guy and be sort of a second or third banana that doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot, that's not necessarily too great. If you wind up finding a school that they're going to let him be able to run the show, I think that he could put up some massive numbers for a team that makes a run in the NCAA tournament. Definitely. That's why I'm extremely high on Baylor Shireman's pick in Creighton. I think that was a great decision by him for him personally and Creighton as a basketball team. I think that if he transferred to a Kentucky, a Duke, I feel like Baylor Sireman ends up being the fourth or fifth guy. And I think that he'll be able to have the ball in his hands more at Creighton. I think it's going to benefit them as a team and also better benefit Baylor Sireman to be able to show the skills that he has. So it's, it's nice to see guys pick not just based off NIL, but also fit has to come into play just a little bit. You know, there's, it's still basketball and you still want to win and play on a team that you fit into. So it's nice to see guys make a decision like that. You know, of course, I'm sure. Creighton has a nice little NIL package hooked up for him as well, but the fit is there for me, which is what I like. Yeah, I thought that Baylor Shireman going to Creighton was one of the best fits that you could get. A guy that is very much a sharpshooter, probably going to put up smaller stats than he wound up doing at South Dakota State, but really the one thing that Creighton was missing was three-point shooting. They get it with Baylor Shireman, so that was absolutely tremendous as we do have Carter Elliott over there of the Unscripted Podcast and the Field of 68 along Sleepers Media joining me on the podcast. And Carter, we did wind up seeing one other thing from college basketball on Thursday, and that's the fact that Evansville wound up letting go of Todd Licklider. And from all indications, it looks like they're going after Tom Crean. I am someone from the great state of Wisconsin, so I got to see him at Marquette. And I can tell you right now that he has been riding the coattails of Dwayne Wade for about 20 years. Here's <laughs> someone out there in the great state of Michigan. You saw his work at Indiana. We both saw his work at Georgia. If your program is at the point where Tom Green is deemed to be a massive upgrade and a savior, it's not necessarily the best place to be. I don't know what you wind up making out of the situation at Evansville, but I was just befuddled that Todd Licklider wound up getting the job in the first place. I guess Tom Crean really can't be much of a downgrade because there's really no place for Evansville to go but up. But, I mean, it's just a bad situation. It's been a sad state of affairs for Evansville ever since they got that win against Kentucky. Yeah, I just, you know, when I think about a program that's at a place like Evansville, I know his name is Tom Crean, like you said, but that just doesn't move the needle for me, even for an Evansville team. Um Honestly, I'm personally happy because I was very scared that Coach Izzo was going to hire his good friend for the open assistant spot with Michigan State for Tom Crean. And that would have made me even more unhappy on top of the transfer portal issues that we're having. So I'm glad that Evansville was able to accept him. I'm interested to see what he's going to do there. But if we're being honest with each other, I really don't see him doing much there. I mean, that, there's nothing for us to go off of. I mean, he didn't do much in Georgia. I just he can't get it done in Georgia. I mean, there's a lot of talent in that area. I just really don't know what he's going to do with Evansville but I guess we'll see. He had a backcourt of Anthony Edwards and Xavier Wheeler, and they were still in the bottom four of the SEC. Yeah. I mean, that's just absolutely hilarious right there. So I'm right there with you. I The only reason why it's really not a downgrade for Evansville is because there's really no place to go but up. So I mean, you go from one failure of a Big Ten coach and Todd Licklider to another one in Tom Green. So congratulations right there. And obviously Tom Green has yet to be hired, but right now that's all the rumblings right now. And I just can't help but laugh. And Carter, something else that's very funny is 
when you and Greg Waddell wind up doing drunk scouts, because I know that that's something that you guys are doing over there at Sleepers Media. It is absolutely yep. tremendous. I know you guys wind up doing one for Jabari Smith about a week or two ago. I wound up watching that one. I had some great fun there. And I know that you guys are getting set for the college basketball season. You guys are doing a great job taking a look at everything that we're getting with Transfer Portal Media and so much more. So love the good people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, so you can follow me personally on Twitter. That's Carter Elliott underscore underscore on Twitter. And then on every social channel, YouTube, Sleepers Media on Twitter, Sleepers Media. We post all of our content. On there, we do Drunk Scouts. Like you said, we'll be doing an episode on Chet Holmgren coming up here pretty soon. And we also do weekly episodes just touching basically on the landscape of college basketball. I mean, with so much movement, NIL things going on, there's always something to talk about on a day-to-day basis. So we always post content. We have a couple Michigan, Michigan State videos that have just been posted on Frankie Collins leaving, the Micah Paris situation. So, you know, we got a little bit of everything on our channel, and that's uh, Sleepers Media on YouTube. So definitely be sure to check that out and show some love there. Carter and Greg are doing absolutely tremendous work over there. It is always a pleasure to get both of them on the podcast, the Unscripted Podcast. That is solid drunk scouts. If you're looking for a little bit of humor in your life, you guys are able to check that out as well. And Carter always brings it on this podcast and is a proud D3 alum, which we always appreciate as well. So big thanks to Carter Elliott for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball on Thursday. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, 
Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Las Vegas for Coast to Coast with myself, Greg Spears, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always great to get Carter Elliott on the show. He does amazing work over there at Sleepers Media and the Field of 68. And like I mentioned, a man that comes from a great D3 university like myself. And there's not enough of those great gentlemen in this industry. So it's good to be able to get him aboard. Big thanks, Carter, for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we want to see in college basketball over the last 24 hours. And biggest piece of news is that we wound up seeing a firing over there at Evansville. Todd Licklider, and if you're thinking, oh, Todd Licklider, he's going to turn things around in Evansville, well, you're wrong, and I don't think anyone thought that. Wound up going 6-24 last season, including 2-16 and in conference, and this was just really a poop stain of a program last year. They were 345th in the country in terms of total field goal shooting percentage, and they were in the bottom 45 with regards to possessions per game, and they were still in the bottom 20 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. They were 354th in the country in terms of points per game, this team really did not wind up doing anything right, and we wound up seeing that with the mass exodus of guys that decided that they were going to transfer out of the program. One of those guys, by the way, leading scorer Mark Evans, he decided that he is going to be going to UTEP, and I think that he's going to be a solid fit for them. Someone that, if he's playing a little bit slower, was able to generate a seal and a half for Evansville, 13 and a half points, 
four boards, four assists, shot only about 31% from three-point range, but someone who should be able to come in, give that backcourt a little bit of leadership, but now it becomes a case of which, and we were talking about this with Carter, that many people are thinking that our good friend from this podcast, Tom Crean, is going to get the job, and as you know, Tom Crean, he has spent the last 20 years riding the coattails of Dwayne Wade, one of the greatest basketball players ever. Meanwhile, he has been a... Not so great coach, to say the least. I mean, the guy wound up having severe Wheeler, and he also had Anthony Edwards in the same backcourt, and he won like five games in the SEC. That's just absolutely terrible. So, I mean, if you're thinking that Tom Crean is going to turn around Evansville, I've got bad news for you. I've got good news if you're a fan of Arizona State, though, and that Frankie Collins has decided that he is going to be heading over there. Someone who's actually from the great city of Henderson, Nevada. That's where I'm doing this podcast from. He wound up having a little bit of a pedestrian year over there at Michigan, right around three points per game. Shot only 44% at the free throw line. I think that he's going to be able to pull that up. At six foot one, you got to feel like he's going to need to do a little bit more facilitating, not necessarily a huge size sort of guard, but someone that is able to shoot a whole lot better than what he wound up showing at Michigan. It just wasn't necessarily his style. Arizona State, I think, needs to crank it up a little bit more from what they wound up doing last year. Arizona State, just due to the personnel that they wound up having, they had to drop their tempo quite a bit. But with that said, I think that this is going to be a relatively solid move. And, and Arizona State is actually made made some moves out there in the transfer portal. They wound up ending the season solidly, aside from when they wound up deciding to just completely upchuck that lead against Stanford. They were playing some relatively solid defense and had quite a bit of something to be desired on offense, but now Frankie Collins is going to be joining Warren Washington, who's going to be heading over there to Arizona State, along with the Cambridge brothers from Nevada and Auburn. That's actually halfway decent backcourt, so I do like what is being done by Bobby Hurley here in the offseason. That is another good gift for them. What is a good gift for the transfer portal, as well as the fact that John Square Jr. is out there from Fairleigh Dickinson. He hopes to be fairly solid out there as this is someone that didn't wind up having like massive numbers out there while he was with Fairleigh Dickinson, but with that said, you could tell that there was a little bit of potential with him. He wanted being able to put up 8.5 points, 5 rebounds per contest, which I believe that that wound up leading the team as a 6'6", a little bit of a combo player, shot 41% from 3, didn't take a lot of threes, but you could tell that there was development with his game. A Fairleigh Dickinson team that was one of the worst in all of college basketball last season. He showed some growth. There should be some teams that are in on him in the transfer portal. You wound up seeing this gentleman transfer down to the 91 level, Jalen Gibson, who was playing at NC State this last season and actually wound up seeing four starts. It's very rare that you wind up seeing a guy from the power conference level who wound up seeing okay minutes, two and a half points, two and a half rebounds per game. It's not like this was going to be someone that was going to be leading a team to a Final Four or anything like that, but instead he wound up seeing some minutes inside that he is going to be going down to Winston-Salem State. You got to think that this guy is going to be a complete dominator at the lower level. I mean, you take a look from February on, final 10 games, four and a half points, 4.2 rebounds per game, so certainly someone that with a six foot nine frame should be able to go into D1 Winston-Salem State and be able to completely dominate there. I don't think this guy would necessarily be as dominant as you wound up seeing Arakife Owe. He was playing this last season over at Penn State. He has said that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. Wound up seeing two games. Did not wind up doing anything whatsoever. Not necessarily a guy that 24-7 sports had as necessarily a highly touted recruit. So, going to be interesting to see where he winds up ending up. And where these two guys from Radford wind up ending up is going to be very fascinating as well. As we've seen a little bit of an excess here with regards to the Highlanders. As you wind up having your top scorer in Rashawn Williams decide that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal 
total of both Artis Stapleton. Stapleton wound up averaging right around 7 points, a little bit over 2 assists per game, and was the team's top 3-point shooter at 36%. Meanwhile, you take a look at Williamson. He wound up putting up 9.8 points, 4.5 rebounds per game, shot about 32% for 3, which was actually pretty rock solid for the team. Williams, a little bit of a 6'6", do-everything sort of player. Stapleton, more around 6'2". Neither of these guys are capable of like going up to the power conference level or anything like that, but you put either of these guys in, say, the Ohio Valley Conference, even the SoCon, I think that they're going to have a little bit of success. So going to be interesting to see where they wind up ending up as Radford, a team which a whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Well, now they need to replace some of those parts. You wind up seeing Tyrese Davis, who last season was playing at Jacksonville. He's decided that he is going to be heading out to the Wild Wild West Coast. He is going to be going to Eastern Washington, and he was an All-Atlantic Sun freshman performer a few seasons ago and a three-year starter at Jacksonville. Wound up having a little bit of a downer with regards to his scoring this last year at eight points per game because Jacksonville, they took on a little bit new of a new identity, playing a little bit more defense-oriented, but in his three seasons, he wound up starting for Jacksonville right around 1.1 steals per contest, shot 43% from three-point range this season, six-foot-six combo player. Eastern Washington has done a great job of being able to build through the transfer portal, and I thought Eastern Washington was going to be a wreck last season. David Riley did a very good job of coaching up this team, and I like this pickup some. Another very good one over there for Eastern Washington. They've been able to do a very solid job out there in the transfer portal. Jatavius Watson, he this last season was playing at USC Upstate and just could never really find his form at USC Upstate in three seasons. Wound up averaging right around 2.7 points per contest. He's decided that he's going to be going to Johnson C. Smith, so he's going down to the non-D1 level. Very easy for your handicap. All you need to note is that Mr. Watson was at the D1 level. He is no longer at the D1 level. Cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and you're able to move on from there. Josh Baker, someone who was relatively highly touted coming out of UNLV. I think that one of the schools that he was considering in his recruitment was Grand Canyon. This last season at UNLV wound up having four points, an assistant half per contest, struggle from three-point range to 26.5% from three, but Grand Canyon, the guy that they wound up losing out on last season with regards to recruitment, they wind up getting him in this season, and we've just seen it with Grand Canyon the last few seasons. They've been very active in the transfer portal. He's going to be joining Noah Bauman, who began his career over there at San Jose State, was a good sharpshooter for Georgia. Rayshon Harrison was able to put up double figures this last season at Presbyterian. He's coming in as well, Grand Canyon. They are under the tutelage of Bryce Drew. They wound up having another solid year out there in the WAC. They've always been a very perennially solid defensive team, and coming from UNLV, should be able to take that with them. Another good pickup for them, and I think that Grand Canyon is going to be in for another solid year out there in the WAC. So, I do like this pickup for them. I absolutely love this pickup for LSU, and it's not necessarily the most surprising move because, as it turns out, K.J. Williams is going to be following his coach, Mr. McMahon, over there from Murray State, but K.J. Williams, he's going over to LSU. How about a 6'10", 245-pound combo player who, this last year, had 18 points, in half rebounds, 1.4 steals, shot 33% from three after he shot 41% from three the season before, one of the better on-ball defenders, one of the more versatile defenders they're able to find. This is absolutely massive for LSU. Now, LSU lost, and I'm not even kidding here, every single scholarship player that they wound up having, but now in what they've added through the portal, they've got some good recruits coming in as well. It's looking like a team all of a sudden. Trey Hannibal is coming over from Murray State. Someone who's able to handle the ball, give you a couple rebounds, give you a couple seals. Cam Hayes is a double-figure scorer from NC State. You wind up bringing Justin Hill in from Murray State as well. Derek Fountain is someone that's going to be able to give you a couple boards from Mississippi State. Kendall Coleman, he's going to be able to lock it down down low. LSU, they're certainly not going to be a 
team that's going to be, I would say, in the top 25 right away and competing for, we're going to call it what it is, an SEC title or anything, but bringing in K.J. Williams, that is a game changer for them, and that is a very good pickup. So I do like what is being built over there, and I do think that this is a guy that has a chance if he winds up finding the right program of being able to make a little bit of an impact. Nate Lacewell, he has decided that he is going to be transferring away from Texas State. Lacewell wound up beginning his career at San Jose State, and while he was at San Jose State, wound up putting up right around three rebounds per game this last season while he was out there in the Sun Bowl for Texas State, was just really glued to the bench. Someone who is capable of having a little bit of versatility. Career 31% three-point shooter, 6'9", or 95-pound sort of joker player. Going to be interesting to see where he winds going. He's out there in the transfer portal. So is Ian Moody. He was playing these last two seasons at Southern Utah. This last season, he wound up being very much a role player, sort of a come off the bench, knock down a couple threes sort of guy, six and a half points per game, and needs to expand his role a little bit more. He's never averaged more than an assist per game, but has always been great with his shooting. 86% career free throw shooter, shot 40% from three-point range this season for his career, 39.5% three-point shooter at six foot three. So, I mean, you know that you're going to be able to get outside scoring from him if he's just able to give you even a little bit of something with regards to rebounding, this could be a good find out there in the transfer portal. Debaji Walker, he was playing this last season at UMass, actually began his career at Cleveland State, and the playing time was sparing because wanted to deal with a little bit of an injury, but averaged five and a half points, three and a half rebounds per game. This last season, he's out, out there in the transfer portal. Actually shot 44% from three-point range as a six-foot-nine combo player. Question with him has always been healthy. He has not played more than 20 games in any of his last three seasons, but someone that's got a little bit of ability, someone who's able to stretch the floor. Going to be interesting to see if someone wants to take a shot on him. Iman Washington, he was playing at Illinois State this last season, really didn't see a whole lot of run with the team. Two seasons ago is where he was really able to make an impact during the 2020-21 season. Wound up starting in 10 games, came off the bench in 13 of them. Shot right around 20.5% from three, needed a little bit of work there, but was able to give the team 5.5 points, 4 rebounds per game as a 6'6 combo player. He's going down to the D2 powerhouse in Morehouse College, so he decided that he is going to be leaving the D1 level. Once again, very easy for your handicap there. This one is intriguing to me as you wound up seeing Keith Dinwiddie. He was playing this last season. At San Diego State, and he's going to Weber State. Weber State has been a program that they've needed a little bit more of a defensive kick, and this guy was a little bit more of a defensive stopper over there at San Diego State during the 2020-21 season. It was in a limited amount of games, but wanted putting up right around five points per contest. Shot 45.5% from three this last year, shot 27% from three, so square shooting is 34% from distance, but a little bit of a six-foot joker player that's going to be coming in. Not a guy that's going to be necessarily lighting up with regards to his offense, but I think that he's got the possibility, if they wind up putting the ball in his hands a little bit more, of being a relatively solid facilitator as well. So I think that that's a relatively good pickup over there for Weber State. We wind up seeing Jermaine Kuznar decide that he is going to be heading over to the West Coast, and he is going to be heading to Oregon. Six foot four gentleman that needs to rein it in with regards to the little things. Wound up having three turnovers per game this last season. 12 points, 3.2 assists, shot right around 32.5% from three. He's pretty much going to be the replacement for Davion Armin. You take a look at what you're able to get out of Dana Altman, one of the best coaches out there in all of college basketball. He's going to need to do some work for Jermaine Cruz 
Richard to be a fit with regards to this offense, but I think that there's some real possibility for him to be able to flourish in this offense. Someone who has a decent shot that has been improving year in and year out, if he can just cut down on the turnovers, should be very solid for Oregon as he's used to playing up-tempo. He's used to trying to go after the ball a little bit more while he was at South Carolina. Cedric Henderson Jr. This is a notable name out there in the transfer portal as he has said that he is going to be putting his name out there. Wound up being a three-year starter at Campbell and wound up averaging 13.7 points per game these last two seasons. Put up five and a half boards per game this last year. Career 37.5%. Three-point shooter shot 38% from distance this year. Campbell, a team that they play relatively slow. They play a little bit more defense-oriented, so he was doing that in a system in which wasn't necessarily the world's greatest for scoring, and yet he was able to put up some very big numbers, so he is going to be very much wanted out there in the transfer portal. Luke Frazier, I don't know if he's going to be wanted out there in the transfer portal. Began his career at Dayton, was playing this last year at Ohio. He has played a grand total of seven games in his career, averaging two and a half minutes per contest and a career zero point six points per game, so that's not necessarily too big of a deal. He is out there in the transfer portal. This one is a little bit bigger as you did wind up having Keenan Fitzmorris. He has decided that he is heading from Sanford after he wound up redshirting this last season to Stony Brook. He's seven foot one, two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Doesn't necessarily have the world's greatest grasp of the game. Very, very raw. But when you wind up getting a seven foot one gentleman over there to Stony Brook, you do have yourself the possibility that if he's able to show any sort of basketball acumen whatsoever, that he certainly can be able to turn it up. So sort of a low risk, high reward situation here for Stony Brook. I don't expect him to necessarily be doing overly much, but with that said, you wind up bringing in a seven foot one guy. If they're able to coach him upright, this could be big for them. Sean Hellerin, he was playing this last season at Belmont Abbey. That would be a D2 school, and actually a relatively solid D2 school. He's going up to the D1 level. He's going to be playing for the Elon Phoenix. I would say that you could get better players out there from the D2 level. A lot of putting up 14.5 points, 3.4 rebounds per game, and to his credit, this guy was a sharpshooter. Shot 52.7% from three-point range, and he took nearly three threes per game, so I mean, he's clearly able to shoot threes at six feet tall. Now that he goes up to the D1 level, it's going to be much more difficult for him to be able to get those clean looks, so you tell that Elon, a team that they didn't necessarily shoot at the greatest last season, they are saying, you know what, we're going to try to bring in some shooting, and they have done so with Mr. Halloran, and then you wind up seeing Devontae Moffitt. He was playing at the D2 level this last season as well. He was playing for Seattle Pacific. He has decided that he is going to be becoming a Vandal, and he is going to Ido. You take a look at what he wanted doing at Seattle Pacific this last season, and he put up 19.5 points per game. This is someone that was very much a statute sufferer and really was throughout his career out there at the non-D1 level now. 2.8 turnovers per game. That is a little bit tough, and not a guy that's going to come in and shoot a bunch of threes. Shot about 30% from three-point range, but with his 19.5 points per game, was able to also contribute right around four rebounds and four assists per game as well. He's a six foot two, little bit of a facilitator. He needs to give Ido a little bit of defense because Ido last season, they were ghastly bad on defense, but it is an Ido team that they were very three-point heavy last season. They didn't have necessarily as much facilitation. He should be able to bring that in. And it's a very ball-dominant guy that I think going into Ido, he should be able to put up some relatively big numbers. Question is, can he wind up bringing that defense? And what we're bringing to you guys is every single day, great information on this podcast. Coast Coast Hoops, if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. 
First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters DM, they mean does not matter. Size so per usual, please send these into the timeline. Any other way is fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. Then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Buy that five-star review. Big thanks once again to Carter Elliott of the Field of 68 and Sleepers Media for joining me in the last segment. Coming at you guys every single day, whether it be during the season or in the off-season. In the off-season, giving you guys news and notes. When it comes to the regular season, giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll try to you guys on the good Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.